In a world where we are so easily made to feel like who we are isn't enough, knowing yourself is one of the most empowering and courageous acts of rebellion anyone can make. Knowing yourself means knowing your worth. I want to show you how astrology can help you do this. How astrology can open up ways of getting to know yourself on a cosmic level. Bridging Astrology is a podcast featuring astrological insights, updates, deep dive conversations, and practical resources all aimed to help ground us in the wisdom of astrology. You don't have to study the stars for lifetimes to tap into their wisdom. It's about drawing our own connections between us and the sky. Join me on this journey as we build our own bridge to astrology. What's up, Buttercups? Happy eclipse. Happy retrograde season. Happy Sunday, or whatever day you're listening to this. I'm recording this on a Sunday. So, <laughs> welcome back. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. If you're a returning listener, hello, welcome. If you're new to the show, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me here. Um, my name is Becky, I am your host, and this is Bridging Astrology. Today we're going to be discussing, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite planets, if not my favorite planet. Um, We're going to be talking about Mercury retrogrades. I thought it was a very fitting topic seeing as Mercury just went retrograde five days ago now. Um, And it's a very potent retrograde actually, uh, being retrograde in Mercury's, one of Mercury's home signs, Gemini. So I thought why not you know, do a little bit of a, a powwow on Mercury retrograde. And um, what I really wanted to do actually in this episode is talk about some of the myths and misconceptions about Mercury retrograde. I think, you know, with how much astrology has become so popular over the past few years, um, decades really, uh, but particularly in the past few years, one of the most talked about things I think is aside from your sun signs is mercury retrograde and with that I think there has been a lot of bullshit that's been spread to be frank and I wanted to debunk some of that for you today and really give you guys a comprehensive overview of what is a retrograde what is mercury retrograde all about and clear some things up because this needs to be done. (laughs) This needs to be done. There's a lot of fear mongering that happens when Mercury goes retrograde. And, you know, everyone is blaming everything on Mercury retrograde. And that's not right. That's not valid. (laughs) So before we get into the episode, just to do the usual housekeeping notes, if you have not already, if you could pretty pretty please like and subscribe to the podcast 
um, with whatever podcast player you're using to tune into this. I would really appreciate it. It goes such a long way to help the podcast out. Also, if you know anybody that would enjoy the episode or enjoy any other episode I've put out, if you could be a doll and share it because sharing is caring, that would be great. And lastly, if you want to connect with me further, you can go ahead and either send me an email. You can follow me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active at the moment. Um, You could... I'm also on Twitter. I'm not super active on Twitter, but you can give me a follow there. And yeah, if you ever have any questions or just want to connect, by all means, please feel free to reach out. This Gemini Rising girl can spark up a conversation with anybody, and I'm always happy to talk to you guys. So that would be great. All righty then. So what we're going to talk about, I'll just give you a little bit of an overview of how this episode is going to go down. Um, actually, a few days ago in my Instagram stories, I posted um, a little question box where I asked you guys, what are some of the things that you, you know about Mercury retrograde? And what are, the, like, what are some common misconceptions or myths or anything like that that you've heard about Mercury retrograde that you would like to get cleared up? So we're going to get to some listener questions towards the end of the episode. But before we get there, I did want to break down some of the basic facts about what is a retrograde, (laughs) you know, because I think a lot of people are also kind of in the dark about what a retrograde actually is. Um, We're going to go into a little bit about Mercury itself, just to get some of the groundwork covered there, going into some Mercury retrograde facts. Um, and then dump in, dump in, jump in to debunking some of these common misconceptions about Mercury retrograde. And then we're going to get to the listener questions and then finish off with some do's and don'ts for surviving a Mercury retrograde. So without any further delay, let's get into it. Starting off, what the heck is a retrograde? (laughs) So Technically speaking, a retrograde is defined as directed or moving backwards or to go back, go back in position, go back in time. And so that would lead one to believe that, hey, well, if a planet is retrograde, then the planet's moving backwards. But I say no, (laughs) that is not true. Um, It's actually a big optical illusion. Any retrograde of a planet, not just Mercury, can be best described using this little visual, this little analogy of when you're driving. Picture two cars driving on a highway. Car number one in the left-hand lane is going at a steady speed. And let's call it 60 kilometers an hour because I'm Canadian kilometers. We use KM up in here. And then car number two traveling right beside it is going at the same speed, 60 kilometers per hour. But then car number two starts to slow down. You know, it starts dipping into 50, 40, because maybe they're trying to check their GPS or take a sip of coffee or something. From the perspective of car number one, looking out the window, it looks like car number two is actually moving backwards. That is until car number two is finished sipping their coffee or what have you, and then picks speed up again and catches back up to the same speed of car number one. I hope that was 
easy to follow <laughs> and not super confusing. But what I'm trying to describe is that retrogrades from our perspective here on Earth are like an optical illusion. It looks as though from our perspective here on Earth and using Mercury as an example, it looks as though Mercury is literally stopping in the sky, moving backwards and then stopping again and then moving forwards. But that's actually not the case. It's literally just a perspective shift, if you will. So I hope that made sense. Every retrograde has a few stages as well. Every retrograde includes what's known as a station. So when a planet stations, it simply means that that is a period of time when the planet is becoming too sorry, the planet is beginning to come to a visual stop in the sky. If you picture like a train coming to a stop at the train station, it's like chugging to a halt before stopping completely. So visually, that's what the planet is doing in the sky before its actual retrograde period. So whenever you hear someone say, oh, Mercury is stationing retrograde or stationing direct, it just means that it's starting to slow down before it goes retrograde and then stations direct. It's starting to slow down again in its retrograde pattern and then it will start to move forward again. So pause, move backwards, pause, move direct again. Retrogrades also include what's known as a shadow period. So sometimes, again, you may hear astrologers say, oh, Mercury is in its shadow right now. So all that means, and actually, sidebar, I've actually heard this being described as what's known as a retro shade, which I like so much better. It just sounds a lot more cushy and appealing and welcoming than a shadow period. So the shadow period or a retro shade period of the retrograde is when the planet, and again, let's keep using the example of Mercury, is traveling through the area of the sky or the degrees of the zodiac sign in which it will eventually travel retrograde through. So I'm going to get a little technical here, but I will try my best to break it down and take it slow. So bear with me, stay with me here. For example, with this current Mercury retrograde, Mercury turned retrograde, so it's stationed retrograde, at four degrees of Gemini on May 10th this past week. It will travel retrograde all the way back into the late degrees of Taurus and then station direct, so it will stop and then start moving forward again at 26 degrees of Taurus on June 3rd. Before Mercury even turned retrograde, when it was traveling through those late degrees of Taurus, when it was traversing the end, tail end of Taurus in the beginning of May, Mercury was traveling through its shadow. So I hope that made sense. If you want, you can pause, replay <laughs> the past couple minutes just to listen to that again. But 
that's that's part of the whole retrograde is this shadow period of a retrograde and the events that occur during the shadow period or during the retro shade can often indicate some of the the events or themes that will likely be stirred up or reactivated during the retrograde so last thing about retrogrades here that i think really kind of summarizes it all very nicely in terms of what a retrograde actually means and what it is, any retrograde can be best described as if we're taking the themes of that planet, and again, keeping with the theme of Mercury, and throwing the prefix of re in front of it, what's known as the rule of re's. So you're looking at the key functions or the key words that are used to describe the role of that planet and inverting it turning it inwards back onto us. So things like, for Mercury, revising, rearranging, recalculating, rereading, rewriting, reselling, readjusting. Readjusting is actually a good kind of reword for all planetary retrogrades. But um, if we had a Venus retrograde, we can say things like it's a time of rekindling, reabsorbing, reattracting, reharmonizing, resocializing, relating. That one's a bit of a cop out, but relating. <laughs> With the Saturn retrograde, we can say things like it's a time of rebuilding or reconstructing, reconsolidating, restrengthening, etc., etc., so on and so forth. I hope you get the the point. So now that we've laid a little bit of groundwork about what a retrograde actually is, let's dive into a little bit about Mercury. So Mercury, my favorite planet, not going to lie. It's quite a a tight win with, with Saturn, but these two are at my top. But I digress. Mercury is the planet of communication, intellect, language, memory, speaking and writing, commerce, and the overall exchange of information. It rules over listening, reading, editing, researching, negotiating, transportation, and short commutes, short distance traveling. Um, It even rules over things like the mail and the postal service. Mercury is synonymous with the Greek god Hermes who was the messenger of the gods. He was a young, beautiful, and swift being who wore winged sandals, which gave him speed and the ability to take flight, allowing him to traverse between the heavens and the earth and the underworld. He was actually the one who guided souls who departed from the earth into the underworld when their physical form dies and was one of the few beings in Greek mythology who could actually travel to and from the underworld's realm of Hades without any sort of consequences. He also carried a staff, which I found out today is known as the Caduceus. I hope I'm saying that right. Caduceus. That's a fun word. And this staff um, is that the common um, symbol for healthcare. It's a staff that's wrapped around by two snakes and has wings at the top. 
This magical staff is said to be considered a symbol of the god's inviolability, his sacredness, his sanctity, his holiness. Mercury is a planet that enables us to understand life, to make connections from how well we're able to change plans on the drop of a dime or how easily we're able to strike up conversation with strangers. It's the kind of books we like to read or how well we're able to interpret information, how we are able to make connections mentally and socially. The style in which we do all of these things is described by our Mercury placement in our chart. So where is Mercury in our chart? Mercury is at home or in domicile. So feels most comfortable and is at its strongest and its best position possible in the signs that Mercury rules over, which are Gemini and Virgo. Mercury is not so happy is what's known in astrology as in detriment in the two signs that oppose Gemini and Virgo, which are Sagittarius and Pisces. Now, that's not to say that if you have a Mercury in Sagittarius or a Mercury in Pisces, like I do, that your Mercury is shit. It's not that at all. (laughs) It's just to say that Mercury is not able to operate in the most ideal way. There's a bit of a different way that your Mercury operates in these two signs. It's just not super comfortable, but it's not to say that it is entirely inoperable or dysfunctional, not by any means. Mercury is the fastest moving planet, aside from the moon, when we're counting the moon as a planet, but it is the fastest moving planet in our solar system. Aside from Pluto, um, it's also the smallest planet in our solar system, and it is the planet that is nearest to the sun. Because Mercury is so close to the sun, this makes it not very easily seen through telescopes or even to the naked eye. Mercury has an 88-day orbit around the sun, And because of Mercury's proximity from the sun, because Mercury is so close to the sun, this means that everybody's Mercury is never too far off from their sun sign in their birth charts. So it's always going to be either in the same sign as your sun, like I do. I'm a Pisces sun with a Pisces Mercury. Or it's going to be in the sign that is immediately preceding or following your sun. So again, using the example of myself with my son in Pisces, the farthest that my Mercury could ever get away from my son natally is either in Aquarius or in Aries. As mentioned, Mercury is the ruler of the two zodiac signs, Gemini and Virgo. Both signs, hallmark is intelligence in action. Both signs love to be kept busy, like Mercury, but the difference lies in each sign's methodology of keeping busy. Where Gemini wants to know anything and everything, just for the pure sake of knowing anything and everything, Virgo strives to bring some order in purpose to all of that knowledge and information that Gemini so chaotically acquires. I like to think of it as Gemini would be that type of like 
light or like disco ball where all of the rays are just shooting all around the room. And then Virgo would be like a laser pointer, just pinpointing in directing its beam right at one single point. Mercury is also known and associated with being a trickster. He is very cunning and as a result, he actually became the god of thieves in Roman times. He was a clever god and rules over everything that requires skill and dexterity. So anything from music to math and to astrology and astronomy. Mercury also rules over the voice. So people with a strong Mercury influence in their chart usually make for great public speakers or salesmen um, or even singers or actors. In medical astrology, Mercury rules over the hands and the arms as well as the nervous system. A negative Mercury influence or too much misplaced overactive mercurial energy can make for somebody who has a tendency to be overly critical, sarcastic, deceitful, argumentative, and potentially even get that person into trouble with things such as petty crimes or um, theft or fraud or forgery. So, Moving on and blending the two topics that we've just discussed, retrogrades and Mercury, let's now talk about Mercury retrograde itself. What are some facts about Mercury retrograde? What actually happens during a Mercury retrograde? What are some things that we can expect? Well, to start, Mercury goes retrograde three times a year, which is more often than any other planet in the solar system. And Mercury retrogrades for three-week periods at a time. Mercury retrogrades, they do impact everyone across the board in a fairly uniform manner. This is because it happens so often and Mercury governs very much day-to-day happenings. And so this makes Mercury retrogrades all that more tangible Uh, For astrologers and people who are aware of Mercury retrograde, it makes it that much more tangible for us to grasp and interpret. And again, because it happens so often, this is also why this is one of those astrological phenomena that has gained so much attention. And once you start to tune into the themes of Mercury retrograde, you'll be able to more easily notice how its energetic influences manifest in your life and in the lives of those around you as well. So if we take all of those themes that we just discussed about Mercury, things like communication, learning, speaking, writing, commerce, buying and selling, editing, mail, postal services, negotiations, that sort of thing, we can expect those types of things to become inverted. Mercury retrogrades and any retrograde period of any planet are an opportune time for us to really do some inner work and inner focus on these types of themes and events. And although Mercury retrograde does impact everyone across the board to a varying degree, not everyone will actually feel Mercury retrogrades the same. And 
you know, some, some of, some of us, it may be really, really obvious that Mercury is retrograde. And for others, it may be like nothing has happened. Nothing has changed. It's just another month. So others may feel Mercury retrogrades more intensely than, than some. Anyone that has planetary placements in the sign of Gemini and or Virgo will feel Mercury retrogrades more significantly than others typically will. Similarly, if the retrograde is going to travel over any planets or angles in your birth chart, even if they aren't in Virgo or Gemini, that retrograde will also feel a lot more potent for you. So again, using this particular retrograde as an example... This retrograde, as I mentioned earlier, is stationing retrograde at four degrees of Gemini and traveling all the way back to 26 degrees of Taurus. So if you have any planets or angles in that range, in that degree range of late Taurus to early Gemini, you will likely feel this retrograde a lot more significantly. That being said as well, if you have planets or angles that are opposite, so in the sign of Sagittarius or Scorpio, um, or square two, so being in the sign of Pisces or Virgo, you may also feel this particular retrograde um, a little bit more tangibly than others will. And if you'd like to figure out where in your chart, this retrograde is happening, you can always go on to handy dandy Google and search up a birth chart calculator, type in your birth information, date, time, place, and then look for these areas of your chart. Look to see if you have anything in early Gemini or late Taurus or anything in Pisces or Virgo or Sagittarius. My favorite is astroseek.com so astro-seek.com but there's also astro.com or cafe astrology there are so many um, birth chart calculators available now but I find that the one that presents it a lot presents it the most clearly to me um, and most accurately is astroseek.com not sponsored Diving into now some of the common things that people warn you about that will happen um, or things to not do or beware of whenever Mercury goes retrograde. Because, again, everyone blames everything on Mercury retrograde when Mercury is retrograde. And I can see why. It's an easy scapegoat, (laughs) but it's not always the cause of your misfortune. So some of the things that in my research for this episode, I dug up and just the things that I've, I know about what people say and what astrologers say um, about Mercury retrograde, essentially it's like the Murphy's law of astrology. Everything that can go wrong will go wrong, specifically complications with communication, travel, and commerce. People say, you know, don't sign contracts under a Mercury retrograde. And with everything that people say to not do 
under a Mercury retrograde. My biggest problem with this is the fear-mongering that's involved. And if you think about it, Mercury is retrograde three times a year for three weeks at a time. That's nine weeks out of your year. That's over two months of your year where you're just not going to do anything that's related to Mercury. That seems really unrealistic. And the biggest point I would like to emphasize here in this entire episode, if you take anything away from this episode, let it be this. Do not stop living your life just because Mercury is retrograde or any other planet that goes retrograde for that matter. Do not stop living your life and doing what it is that you need to do. It is completely unrealistic for us to put everything on a halt for two and a half months of our life because Mercury is retrograde. So saying things like do not sign contracts under a Mercury retrograde. Don't make important life impacting decisions that have to do with contracts written or verbal. Um, Don't start new projects or new business ventures under Mercury retrograde. Expect your technology to go on the fritz for for technology to start breaking down and go haywire. Or, um, you know, don't try to launch a new website under a Mercury retrograde. Don't publish a book or an article. Um, Don't buy a car or don't buy a big piece of technology like a computer or a cell phone under a Mercury retrograde. Don't close on a house or sign a new lease. Like, don't move when Mercury is retrograde. I've even heard people say, you know, it's not wise to go on first dates under a Mercury retrograde because Mercury rules communication. So things, all things related to communication can be a little off, can be a little wonky. People may not be saying things in the way that they mean to say them or things may be misinterpreted. So first dates under Mercury retrograde are, are not advised. Essentially, all of these things are supposed to be avoided under a Mercury retrograde. Now, again, this is not to say that you're not to do any of these things. It's not to say that, you know, you're taking a step in the wrong direction if you do any of these things under the influence of a Mercury retrograde. If you have to move, if you have to travel, if your computer breaks down or, you know, if you get asked on a date, go on the damn date, buy the car, close on the house if you have to. The caveat to all of this is you always want to make sure that you are reading the fine print. If you have to sign a contract, if you have to travel, if you have to buy a new car or a new cell phone or whatever, always make sure that you are just reading the fine print. So using the the example of signing a contract, you always want to make sure that you are reading and then rereading that thing before you sign it. 
if you have to close on a house or sign a new lease, make sure that you are double checking all of the little details. Make sure that you're consulting a professional before you jump into something new or close on a house. If you are trying to start a new project or a new business venture under Mercury Retrograde, make sure that you have backup plans. You know, make sure that you have alternatives that can support anything potentially going wrong in this new project, in this new launch. If you have to travel, make sure, again, that you have some backup plans. Maybe anticipate on the fact that plans can change or plans can likely fall through. And just make some sort of backup plan for yourself. And I think this is the benefit for knowing about Mercury retrograde and educating ourselves about Mercury retrograde and any other planetary retrograde is that when we know that the ruler of these things, like commerce and communication and traveling and what have you, are retrograde, that the energetic influence is inverting on itself, that we can prepare ourselves for these types of things. We can anticipate on travel plans changing or cars breaking down or, you know, communication getting misinterpreted. Information is power. The information and knowing about these types of things can just better prime us to anticipate on things going sideways so that if they do, we're not surprised. If they do, we have a backup plan. So jumping into a few questions that people asked about Mercury Retrograde. Someone asked, can I blame Mercury Retrograde for making me feel headachy and just generally shitty? So I wouldn't necessarily classically attribute a Mercury Retrograde to manifest as physical symptoms that make you feel like shit. But it is really ultimately dependent on where this Mercury retrograde is falling in your chart. So, for example, if this Mercury retrograde is happening in your first house or traveling over your ascendant or occurring in your sixth house, it could potentially, potentially manifest as physical symptoms that impact your health and overall well-being. And now this is with a big caveat. I am not a medical astrologer, but I will say that because Mercury does rule over our nervous system in medical astrology, there is the potential for Mercury retrograde to manifest as, you know, making us feel like our heads are just in a tizzy, you know, our minds are all over the place. Um, It can contribute to a very overactive mind, thoughts going left, right, and center, and festers overall general anxiety. So, again, while I wouldn't classically associate Mercury retrograde with headaches and things like that, I I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, especially with this retrograde occurring in Gemini, um, if a lot of our minds are extremely overactive and... Our thoughts are all over the place and, you know, that and our anxiety is through the roof and that could potentially cause 
headaches or general overall shitty feeling, unfortunately. And I am so sorry to hear that you are feeling like this. I'm sending you so much love and healing energy. And, you know, it's only three weeks. It's only three weeks. (laughs) Not to say that Mercury retrograde is the cause for that, but I, I do hope that you start to feel better soon. Sending you so much love. The next question. How come... Mercury is in retrograde is a common quote for when things go wrong. So with the dawning of the internet came the popularization of astrology, which is a great thing and allowed people to realize that there is more to astrology than just sun signs, which is an even better thing. But The negative side of this means that Mercury retrogrades, as I have mentioned, have become such a popular thing that it often gets mischaracterized and the importance of a Mercury retrograde often gets exaggerated. Pop culture does what pop culture does and it grabs a hold of something something like Mercury retrograde and takes the themes of a Mercury retrograde and exacerbates them to a point where it becomes a catchphrase. It's become the scapegoat for bad luck and bad shit to happen. We've all probably seen the meme, you know, XYZ has happened. Oh, it's because Mercury's in Gatorade. And this is the main reason why I wanted to make this episode. Also, side note, because my Gemini rising cannot help myself, I'm not trying to be the grammar police here by any means, but I'm just going to clear this up for everyone here and now. No planet is ever in retrograde. A planet is retrograde. Mercury is not in retrograde. Mercury is retrograde. And that's all I will say about that. No shade. No shade to anybody. But just wanted to set the record straight. The next question What is this about the whole, quote unquote, don't make big purchases or make decisions during this time? So I feel like at this point in the episode, I hope that this question has mostly been answered by what has been discussed already. But just to summarize and to reiterate, Mercury rules over commerce, trade, merchants, contracts, written and verbal agreements, etc., Susan Miller of Astrology Zone describes Mercury retrograde, or any retrograde for that matter, as a planet going to sleep, quote unquote, when it goes retrograde. So when the ruling planet over these sort of themes, such as making big purchases or making big decisions, is taking a nap, then the activities that Mercury rules over do not have the benefit of a well-functioning, wide-awake planet to quote-unquote supervise them. That being said, again, if you have to sign a contract, if you have to move, if you have to start a new job, by all means, do the damn thing. Just do it. The contingency that astrologers want to make people aware of is that we just want to ensure that, again, we are reading all of the fine print. If, the, if Mercury retrograde had a catchphrase, it would be read the fine print. Just making sure that we're double checking things, that we're making backup plans so that when Mercury is out of retrograde, those things don't backfire or fall through or 
dramatically change course and ultimately screw us over. The last question, what does it mean when you have Mercury retrograde in your birth chart? So again, if you've never seen your birth chart, I recommend going onto the internet and looking up your birth chart. And if you do see Mercury or any other planet as having a little R marked beside it, that means that at the time of your birth, that planet was retrograde. Anytime that we do have a planet that is retrograde in our birth charts, we can think of that planet as having an exclamation mark beside it. It's emphasized. It's of more importance and pulls a lot more focus and attention to itself. And because a retrograde is a time of Rees, the rule of Rees, we can think of a natal retrograde planet as taking those functions of that planet and turning it inward. We're internalizing the energy and the functions of that planet. The energy of that planet is felt more strongly to the native than it normally would be. But a lot of the processing around that planet's energies is usually done behind the scenes. It's usually done in secret and it's not super obvious to everyone else, which can result in an unfamiliarity when actually trying to express those planets' functions. So with a natal Mercury retrograde, for example, it can make for a person who is rather shy when it comes to communication or not super confident or comfortable when communicating with others or speaking to strangers or speaking in public, Um, maybe someone that cowers when they're faced with any sort of altercation or debate It could make for someone who really thinks about their words before they speak. You know, they go over and over again in their heads what it is that they want to say before they actually say it. And then even when they do say it, maybe they're always second guessing what they say. It could make for someone who has some sort of disadvantage when it comes to learning. Um, It could make for someone who is always second guessing their thoughts and words and their thought processes what they say and how they say it. But the thing about having a natal retrograde planet is when the transiting planet, so the real time Mercury, is going retrograde, it's actually easier for those people to navigate the retrograde energies than other people since it's as if they're living in a constant retrograde themselves. So it's familiar territory for them. They know how to navigate this. They may actually feel a lot more comfortable when, if they have a Mercury retrograde in their birth chart, Mercury goes retrograde. So when you do have a natal planet that is retrograde, it is by no means a bad thing. So to summarize, some do's and don'ts of Mercury retrograde. The don'ts. We'll get the bad stuff out of the way and then we'll end on a high note. Don't stop living your life. Just don't. I think it's actually completely ridiculous for us to not do things just because astrology says so. And I know that some of you may be like, but what? You're an astrologer. Isn't this your shit? Isn't this what you live by? And yeah, sure. Absolutely. I use astrology as a guiding tool. Most definitely. But do I use it to govern every single decision that I, that I make? No. This is the beauty of astrology. It informs us of 
the energetic weather, if you will. It's an information tool. It is a guidance tool. It is not the end all be all of our lives. And this is why, and this is totally a wormhole of a topic, but, which I will save for another day. But this is why I think of, especially when it comes to astrology, there is no debate or battle between fate and free will. It isn't fate versus free will. It is fate and free will. The other don't is don't jump into things too quickly. Again, if you have to do something, if you have to move, if you have to make a major purchase, if you have to start a new project, or you've, if you have to do anything Mercury-related, just don't jump into it without, again, reading the fine print. Let's say it together. Read the fine print, my friends. Don't jump in guns a-blazing all in airy style and, and just going ahead and doing the thing. You do, again, want to just keep in mind that this planetary ruler is taking a nap. And so we just want to make sure that we are double-checking everything and just being a little bit more aware and privy to the potential of things going sideways or things going awry and using that information to empower us and to help inform our decisions and to help guide us. So don't jump into things super quickly without taking the time to do the due diligence of double checking. The last don't is don't fear the retrograde. Like I said, the one of the, the biggest things that I hate about, oh, hate's a strong word, but one of the things that I strongly dislike about astrology getting so popular is the fear-mongering that comes along with it. And this is what makes astrology somewhat dangerous in the wrong hands. So there's no reason to fear a retrograde or fear any sort of planetary transit. Again, knowledge is power. Actually, you know what? Knowledge isn't power. Knowledge is only power when we do something with that knowledge. Hmm. There you go. Some of the do's of Mercury retrograde. Do be flexible. Be bouncy. Be aware. Be anticipating of things to potentially go sideways. Do have backup plans. Do make sure that, you know, if you're if you're going to take a trip, buy insurance or you know, keep an extra can of gas. Keep a jerry can of gas in your car just in case you run out of gas if you're taking a road trip. Or take your car to the mechanic before you even go on a road trip just to make sure that your car is all good so you don't break down mid-trip. Have backup plans. I've said it before. I will say it again. Do read the fine print. If you're signing contracts, if you're getting into some sort of long-term commitment, just make sure that you are looking at every single aspect of that commitment. You know, if you're moving into a new house 
maybe reach out to the people that used to live there and ask them what it was like if, you know, say, noise is a concern or something like that. Ask the old residents what the noise levels were like or something. You know, just just taking the extra steps to make sure that you are looking at every single area of whatever commitment it is that you are about to get into. And the last do, which is kind of similar to the first one of being flexible, learn to cope when plans go awry. I think this is actually probably the best thing, the biggest benefit about retrogrades is when things go sideways, when things fuck up, when things don't go the way that we planned, this is a really good opportunity for us to see what it's like to cope with with difficulties, to cope with things not going our way, learning how to cope. How is it that we navigate and manage strife? I was going to say strife in life, but that would have been way too corny of a rhyme. <laughs> learning how to cope with shit hitting the fan. There you go. That's an elegant way of putting it. So to summarize, Mercury retrogrades are not to be feared. Mercury retrogrades are not to impede us or stop us from living our life. We are able to live our lives and we should live our lives if Mercury is retrograde or not. It's about living your life empowered with the information that these certain types of occurrences are prone to happen under this energetic influence. So I hope that made sense. I tried to keep this episode a little bit more shorter and succinct. And of course, though, if you do have further questions, please, please, by all means, feel free to reach out to me, message me on Instagram, send me an email. And I would be more than happy to answer anything that you feel I haven't answered yet. And with that being said, I think that's it. I think I'm going to wrap up now. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in and listening to me ramble and talk about one of my favorite planets. Again, if you haven't already, please like, subscribe, follow. I don't know what the proper term is, but <laughs> if you can follow the podcast and if you feel so called to um, kindly leave a rating, a written review would be swell. A share with your friends or family would be even better. Or sharing on social media and shouting me out. That would be cool too. I'll be coming out with a new episode shortly in the next few weeks. I have a few ideas for some episodes that I that I want to bring out. But um, yeah, I think there's there's one topic um, that I'm and I'm actually really keen on on recording an episode for. So that will be coming in the next few weeks here. But other than that, enjoy the rest of your day, my loves. Um, I hope the weather's really nice wherever you are. It, the sun is shining right now, so as soon as I wrap this up, I am getting my ass outside and enjoying the rest of the sunshine that's left for the day. And that's it. I will speak with you guys soon. And thank you again so, 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 so much from the bottom of my heart for tuning in. I love you guys with my whole heart. And yeah, I'll see you soon. Bye for now. <laughs>